from truth to truth, wild, unfettered, untamed. Lightning Struck Lokians is a podcast by and for followers of the Norse trickster god Loki, with anecdotes on all things pagan and craft inclined. My name is Birdie. I've been working with Loki since spring of 2018. I've been a practicing witch for almost a decade, and I'm one of the co-hosts here at Lightning Struck Lokians. Hello, I'm Nicole. I've been working with Loki since roughly March of 2020, doing the pagan thing since about 2017, and I'm excited to be here again today. Hi, this is Sarah. I've been with Loki for three years and I've been doing the pagan thing for three years. And yeah, this is the third episode of Lightning Struck Lokians on divine communication. I have to say, I think it's kind of funny that we're doing an episode on communication during the start of Mercury retrograde. So (laughs) (laughs) irony at its best. (laughs) Good timing. It just means it'll be even better. Uh, maybe spicy. <laughs> so we're going to talk about the different kinds of communication, like communication styles, discernment, omens, signs. Everything that has to deal with talking and being talked to by the divine. Communication styles will be different for everyone because we all have brains that are differently wired for attaining information in different ways and no two brains will perceive the world in the same way. Some people can see or hear, smell, not sure about taste, but that would be really cool. (laughs) (laughs) What would the gods even taste like? (laughs) Do you want to know? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, maybe they'll just bring you cake in the astral. (laughs) I feel like there's Loki going, challenge accepted. Yeah. Although I have to say that the strongest dreams I've had where, you know, he's been present, I can actually smell things in them, which is very rare. Oh, wow. That's really cool. One time I was like laying in bed and just like talking to him and I was like, hey, I wonder what you smell like. And then like I got like a whiff. (laughs) It was good. (laughs) (laughs) Smelled nice. (laughs) He smelled really good. He smelled like the forest. That was nice. That seems so Um, fitting too. Although one time I asked my partner what Loki would smell like and he said stale booze and BO and I was like okay well you know what on a long night out he might he might. (laughs) I'm sure he would. That's assuming a lot yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Some people may use all five senses or they might not and some people might actually be head blind entirely which means that they can't sense much so they rely on a lot of inference from their surroundings or um, a relationship they've built up over time. It all just kind of depends on where you're at and how receptive you are too I think for me like there's kind of like an energy signature like an intuitive feeling I get it in my gut sometimes it's really hard to discern between anxiety and a deity (laughs) but usually anxiety makes me want to puke and a deity sometimes makes me want to puke but (laughs) (laughs) but in a different way (laughs) (laughs) like I think of like the heart chakra and that's where I sense it it feels like a squeeze okay interesting 
Yeah. I think that goes into kind of our next point, which is that communicating with the gods is a really personal thing. And so part of the reason it is so different for everyone is because we all bring our own background into it as well and our own prior experiences. And that kind of tailors and shapes our experiences with the divine. You're essentially attributing multiple contextual things together at any given time to lend to an experience that feels coherent to you personally, because it's always going to be personal. And it takes time. I don't know how many times I've seen people post online about getting frustrated because it's not happening all at once or immediately. And it takes a lot of time. And one of the things they don't talk about is it takes practice too. Nobody wakes up and is born good at this. You have to. Okay. Okay. Some people are. The majority of us. I don't want to hear it, miss. I just walked into the astral today. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. Most people. (laughs) I feel so called out. (laughs) But just because it's easy for me doesn't mean it's going to be easy for everybody else. I think it's okay. Here's another way of phrasing it. I think for me, naturally, like meditating and then listening to Loki's felt pretty easy from the get go. And then the other things kind of fell into place from there. I think early on, I was just looking for loads of signs to see what actually came through. Still developing my discernment for quite a long time. That takes patience as well because when you bring in the concept of synchronicity which is an idea that was coined by Carl Jung in the early 20th century you know looking for things that match up across your field of vision or you know something that just goes ping in your brain and it means something I think you can Mm -hmm. go down a rabbit hole quite quickly thinking everything matches up and is a sign so that's where discernment comes into play. There are sometimes several layers to a message, and it's usually more complicated than just being asked to do something, to do a thing, because there are inherently levels of meaning to any given mode of divination. How you interpret those different layers at different times will lend to your experience. It's really true, especially with Loki. He's got layers upon layers to everything he says. He's like an onion. He's an onion. (laughs) (laughs) Or a parfait. (laughs) (laughs) But I I like it when you're kind of sitting there and you go, oh, wait a minute. That could also mean. And suddenly it's 10 times more quote unquote fun. But, you know, (laughs) I tend to get frustrated because I'm not a puzzle kind of person. And so sometimes he'll give me these things that I have to like really think through. And I'm just like, oh, for the love of everything, can you just tell me? And it doesn't work that way. (laughs) No critical thinking today, please, Loki. What? He's told me before, he's like, if I just told you, then you wouldn't learn anything. But uh, (laughs) most of the time he's like, you got to figure it out for yourself, boo-boo. I mean, I feel like that's actually pretty common with a lot of deities too, though. Like, it's not just Loki, because I do a lot of shadow work with Segan. And it's one of those things of like, well, how does that make you feel? And like, she asks prodding questions that forces me to like, think about things. That said, sometimes, and sometimes, I mean, if you ask Loki to be straight up, sometimes he'll just spit it out. I have to say I've experienced that side of things. It's not as often... But when it comes through, it's pretty clear. Yeah. Usually it's a very blunt sort of answer that like you don't want to hear. Exactly. <laughs> you might hear it anyway. Yeah. That's yeah. my favorite. What counts as a message? Anything, honestly. It's one of those things where it's based on, again, your own background and stuff too. Like some people will see something and be like, nah, that means nothing. And then other people will see it and be like, yes, that's a sign. You make your own meaning as you go, I think. 
but also at the same time not everything is a sign it's a Correct. weird balance to walk like i know right now it's spider season everyone's like oh my god there's spiders everywhere loki must be everywhere and like he is pretty active i'm not gonna say not active right now but like every spider that comes into your house is likely <laughs> not loki it's spider season it's warm inside your house there's spiders coming in to get warm and cold yep. mundane before magical days I will say, like, if there's this weird spider that's doing weird shit and you get a ping inside your stomach or a ping somehow else and you can't take your attention off of it, then sure, totally. That might be Loki. Can't tell you that, but it might be. (laughs) I actually had kind of a similar thing happen to me with the ping Last year, I saw like at least 50 turkey vultures just flying through. And normally I just kind of write that off because we're in a migration path. It's not a big thing, but it was like mid-November, which is really odd. And um, I got a ping that, oh, okay, somebody's trying to reach me. I need to pay attention. But normally I'm the kind of person that I would see something like that. And I would just be like, oh, this is just normal. So you can tell when it's different. It's personally really meaningful to you in that moment. It strikes a chord that makes sense with your previous experiences. You won't always receive a literal message either. It can be very figurative too. I feel like it's a lot less fun when it's literal. Like death. I think of the death tarot card. Like you're not literally going to die. Most Um, of the time, no. (laughs) Yeah. I would say a good majority of the time that's not telling you that you're going to die. Well, when I when I pulled tarot cards for my coworkers, they're like, oh, watch me just get the death card. And I go, but no, that's great. If you get that, you should be really excited. And they're like, okay, why? I think only people who are like really into the whole like shadow work slash, you know, change perspective, because mm-hmm. that means like Loki's close. Is it wrong to ask for a sign or a message? Nah. No. I think it's, I think we should encourage that. Oh, yeah, definitely. Not only does it kind of help you with your own faith that your deity is actually listening, but also it kind of gives you a sort of power over it. One time I like I was out for a run and like that's usually the time that I take to like talk to the gods usually. I don't know what came over me but I was like hey can you just let me know that you're here or something because I don't feel you and you know I'm sad and I heard a fox yelp out maybe a couple yards away. I did not expect that. (laughs) Yeah. That was really cool because we don't really have any foxes around here so fox sounds like a dying old lady so like there's no mistaking it (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, that happened once as well I said I just really wish I could hear you right now and a teacup smashed in the back garden I was like okay (laughs) got it thanks (laughs) whatever that means going on to a the next point from there is sometimes you won't realize something is a messenger sign until later on it'll make sense in a context later revealed to you Sometimes you're not exactly like open to something in the moment and you will be later. So that happens a lot with me and Birdie. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it's really funny because Loki will come through on my end and he'll say something that makes absolutely no sense to me and I'll pass it on to Sarah and she's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> ah, okay. But at the same time, like, I don't know, sometimes I ask for something and I don't get it. 
mostly because like Loki's just kind of finicky in that way. <laughs> Especially if it's something that I've asked multiple times. Usually he's just like, I don't know, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very Loki question. I don't even think to ask for signs. I'm just like, I go about my day-to-day life and it it doesn't even cross my mind that's so, that's something I can ask for. Just because I don't know, it just feels strange to me to be like, "Hey, <laughs> I'm having you know, a crisis." Like, <laughs> yeah shit's going down can you show me (laughs) like I always feel kind of weird doing that why I don't know what it stems from asking for assistance almost I'm stubborn sometimes it's good to ask for assistance like Mm -hmm. that's what they're here for they ask you for assistance (laughs) the gods definitely have asked me to do things for them not outright but like I started a community like that I'm helping them in some way you're Mm -hmm. they can do something for me too (laughs) (laughs) the the reciprocal relationship we'd like to emphasize (laughs) yes exactly a gift giving was a a big deal to ancient cultures and specifically the norse cultures it's it's written into their very runes in the form of gable gable is like super important especially in what i recognize as modern heathenry you give offerings with the intention to receive you have to at least allow yourself to receive the whole gift for a gift thing too. I'll actually do that. I'll buy a coffee and be like, okay, I'll share this with you. If you make it so that my work day is easier and I don't have this student. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really mundane stuff. I know, but maybe I should ask for a sign sometime and just see how that works. Cause you guys seem to be having good luck with that. Yeah. Occasionally. I don't like to make a habit of it. Yeah. I, I don't go out of my way to ask for stuff all the time but I, I do kind of go all right this is happening how can I help myself how, how can you help me here it's a, it's a balance of course like with any yeah. relationship so yeah it's true actually something really cool like that happened when the UK was trying to pass laws for new vaccines in the last year um, I was really nervous about AstraZeneca getting passed in the UK because I'd heard of some things having to do with women experiencing blood clots and like okay I get it that's a really minor thing in the grand scheme of things you're more likely to die from from birth control than blood clots from AstraZeneca however when I did pray to him and said, I would really like to get Pfizer instead, the response I got back was, don't worry, there's going to be official action. And within a week, the UK government was like, okay, we're not giving this to women under the age of 40. Ta-da. Nice. Nice. That's when it's clear. Yeah. <laughs> Rare instance of when the communication is clear. I know for me personally, whenever I struggle with something, what it was last time it was like, I don't want to work with Odin right now. And then (laughs) Loki was like, okay, that's cool. Why didn't you just say that instead of just throwing a fit just now? And I was just like, because. Yeah. Like, just like any relationship, like they actually want you to like communicate to them, Mm -hmm. like what you're thinking. I think that's an interesting topic of conversation, actually, to touch on briefly is the idea that gods might not be present all the time and that you do actually Mm -hmm. have to communicate with them. But then there's a theory that they might know what you're thinking. I I don't know. It's going to be different for everyone, maybe. Yeah, that's really weird territory to consider. And I think I'll like talk myself into like a fucking black (laughs) hole there. That's like a huge question of the nature of the gods and... Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. Because I've had experiences where I, Loki will say something that I've thought. Maybe it wasn't like outright saying it to him, 
did I think that thing in a way that he heard it or like <laughs> yeah <laughs> God. <I> guess, <laughs> it's a very circular kind of idea but I guess it comes back to the whole they mirror you so they might have more intuition than we uh, realize than we want to realize that's yeah for sure. <laughs> like I've been actually like taking time to literally just outright talk to him mm-hmm. instead of just thinking things at him yeah. not out loud like I don't really talk to him out loud but I'll just like sit at his altar and like actually talk to him and he seems to be much more communicative like that yeah what do you find Bertie because I do talk out loud to him I find that really useful I talk out loud and I'll have mental conversation I'll just be doing my thing and I'll be like oh here's a thought what do you think and then I'll like start a conversation and see if I hear anything back if he's around we'll have like full-fledged conversations and I try to make quiet time for him to keep a journal and so during my journaling time I kind of like write down all the things that I'm thinking and kind of devote that to him I think when he does pick up on things that I'm thinking I think part of it is because I told him through the journal ton of ways you can communicate. You don't have to just sit there and try to listen. One thing that I do periodic if I need to discern is I'll pull out my tarot cards and I'll do like a read just to see that things are actually lining up okay. Cards are a really big one that a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. I feel like they might in some ways give the most well-rounded reading in terms of setting up a conversation you know they tell a story as you put them down and tarot was the first thing i turned to to divine with loki yeah tarot was the first thing i learned how to do when i started on my witch path before i met loki um cards were the first thing that i figured out they're really they're really helpful like nicole said they really do tell a story and open up that direct line i've had full conversations with random deities through my cards over the years I always write it down because I don't want to forget me too yeah if I don't write it down right away I'll take a photo of them and then I'll repeat the questions that I ask in my head while I look at each card and then I'll go back to it sometimes the next day or even a couple days later and write it down so some people will choose to write it down right away um uh, which I do sometimes and then other days I'll come back to it because sometimes when you come back to it a few days later you'll see insights that you didn't have before my first divination was with runes there's the elder futhark and the younger futhark runes felt like more nuanced I guess and I'm kind of glad that I started with them because they are very personal and they develop personal meanings I don't really see it as a way to converse I more see it as a way to open a conversation It's more of a general idea of where they're kind of poking toward rather than word for word. Yeah, the ruins feel like Mm -hmm. a conversation starter and Tara feels like a conversation. Yeah, yeah, okay, I can see that. Other forms of card work, I guess you can call it. Uh, There's oracle decks as well, which lend to wider themes and things that you can tap into. Cartomancy, which is based on the normal 52 card system. Uh, in addition to the runes, the Norse runes, there's the Anglo-Saxon runes and the Celtic Ogham, if I'm correct. I think it has to do with markings more so than formed symbols. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Isn't that also kind of like I Ching or am I wrong? Oh, yeah. The ones where you throw the sticks up in the air and they land on the ground and then you count them apart five million times and then eventually you get a message. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it like numerology too? Something yeah. Like numerology? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I've tried, I've tried it a couple of times and I can't get it to work for me, but I know it works really well for other people. I can't for uh, the life of me figure it out. My mom's into it though. She's got like four books on it. Mm-hmm. It's different. <laughs> See, I don't use these systems as much because numbers aren't my thing. I'm more about <laughs> the cards yeah. and, mm-hmm. and probably the runes. Runes are next on my list to properly get stuck into. Yeah, I have a set of runes I actually made during my year and a day um, by hand out of Homer clay. I mean, now I have some on my altar that spell out Loki's name, so I don't use them anymore. But I remember when I was learning them, I was just pulling them out of the bag to memorize and threw them all back in the bag and then the first four letters or runes rather was Lagu's, Athala, Kainaz, and Isa. <laughs> like this is so uncanny right now and then Loki's just like you pulled the four best. <laughs> like, hello. <laughs> yes sir hello. It's me. <laughs> Don't forget because I was actually like talking to Odin when I was learning them and then Loki was just like remember me <laughs> yeah, i feel like that happened once i was speaking to odin about something and all of a sudden i get this loki wants to talk to you i was like okay <laughs> it was Such so attention horror. <laughs> so clear it was so weird anyway scrying i had kind of an overwhelming experience with it and i haven't tried it since i had tried it a couple of times before scrying with a mirror in an open flame and didn't really get terribly far with that and then I did a ritual with a bowl of water candlelight and like a completely darkened room other than the candle Mm -hmm. and I saw something and it freaked me out it wasn't bad it wasn't bad it was just really really intense and I just remember panicking for a moment and like turning on the light and being like oh my god I can't do this Um, wow I'm not saying that'll happen to everybody who tries scrying that was just my personal experience. If I remember correctly, I saw a raven. It was just really interesting, but it was really, really intense. Sounds like it was just something that was a really connective experience for you in the moment. And for anyone who's confused about what scrying is, it's basically a, a divining using a reflective surface, usually a dark reflective mm-hmm. surface. So mirrors, bowls of water. Some people actually even scry with candle flame. And I think that's where the whole crystal ball thing comes into play as well. The stereotypical (laughs) crystal balls. That's a form of scrying. Yeah. Always cover your crystal balls, friends. (laughs) Not because the spirits are going to come flying out of it, but because you're going to seriously burn a hole in your carpet. Or your house. (laughs) (laughs) I tried scrying, but then I was like, ooh, better luck next time. I think if you're using a mirror, though, you need to be really careful. I've had experiences where I've gotten up at like two or three in the morning and I've gone into the bathroom and I've seen things move in my mirror that are not (laughs) in my bathroom so oh great if if you do try scrying my only word of advice is make sure that you're well warded while you do it also i'm pretty sure there's a way to close off your mirrors you need to set specific intentions for one specific mirror and cover it when you're done in my experience it's never anything bad it's just really jarring and startling more than anything with the whole scrying thing it wasn't like a negative thing it was just a really powerful and overwhelming thing never a dull moment (laughs) 
bibliomancy. I haven't actually successfully done bibliomancy, and that's when you like turn to a random page in a book and that's your message. And bam. Yeah. I love bibliomancy and stickomancy. There is a slight difference between Mm -hmm. bibliomancy and stickomancy. Biblio originally means using a sacred text, whereas stickomancy means using whatever text you can get your hands on. I use whatever. I call it bibliomancy. It's just easier. Um, but I have had some of the best results using that in the last two years. Huh. I can't even I can't even describe some of the amazing things Loki has said through <laughs> things like Thomas Pynchon. If you, if anybody's ever read or attempted to read parts of Gravity's Rainbow, you know that it is the most chaotic thing oh. ever. <laughs> yep. Yep. I've tried. I've tried. I did not get very far. No, neither did I. I only use it for bibliomancy. <laughs> That's amazing. I've That's honestly really cool. I've, I'm like Sarah, I've never tried that, but that sounds amazing. What kind of like books? I mean, you said something chaotic, right? So Yeah, it'll kind of be a very intuitive pick. Uh, I'll get a ping to go up to the bookshelf and then I'll just run my fingers along it and stop whenever I feel is right and pick up whatever's in front. And that's usually fun. Or um, I'll have specific books I go back to. Like I'll go back to Joseph Campbell, uh, Hero of a Thousand Faces, um, or Thomas Pynchon, stuff like that. Or I'll just pick up like a book on paganism and I'll be like, right, what do you need me to know about my past today? And I love it. I really do. And I think it's because I have a love of words and writing. My favorite is Shufflemancy. It's super (laughs) silly. (laughs) Loki seems to be a huge fan of it because sometimes when he's particularly close, I have like this 600 song playlist and I'll just put it on shuffle and I ask a question and he answers. Sometimes like he doesn't really, I don't really ask a question. I'm just like, hey, Loki. And then like I press shuffle and it's always like some random fucking song. He likes annoying the shit out of me with like (laughs) this J-Lo song. Oh god, it's right. such a stupid song. That and Fuck You by Lily Allen. <laughs> Those are his favorite trolling songs. <laughs> I love Shuffle Nancy. I like when I first started working with Loki, like about six months into it. I remember I was like, oh God, is this a phase? I don't want this to be a phase. You know, Loki, like, please still hang hang in there with me. And I put on my my music, and the first song that came up was I'll Stand With You or I'll stand by you. And I was like, okay, so this isn't a phase. That's good. (laughs) Yeah. 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 One time um, I was talking to him and I said a specific phrase to him. And then I went to go hit shuffle on Spotify. And the first song that came back was exactly the same phrase (laughs) that I just spoke to him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that. He likes really corny love songs for me. Mm -hmm. And one time I was like, do you really love me? The usual doubt bullshit Mm -hmm. that I went through, keep going through, always go through. And like, it was Love Story by Taylor Swift. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, that is painfully cute. (laughs) Usually after that, he'll follow it up with more emotional love songs that are really adorable and disgusting and He's great. Yeah. <laughs> Disgusting. <the> <laughs> Quite literally the best, but also he knows how to make me cry. That's for sure. 
I have to say something along similar lines as Shufflemancy. I use random word generators. If you use a random word generator on the internet, sometimes those are fantastic. I use another one in a different language, which I'll keep to myself. I won't say which language. I get the, the best ones through the ones in a different language. There's like a, oh God, what was it called? It was like big in one of the Facebook groups, Loki bot, but it was, in, oh, Inspiro bot. That oh was yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, it's just like a bunch of random words. <laughs> you sent some of the weirdest shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's I'm not lucky. even surprised at this point. <laughs> he made it weird. There it is. <laughs> he made it weird. Congratulations. Tea leaves. Hmm. You like get one of those old fashioned teacups. Put loose leaf tea in there. Drink the tea. Don't tell me how you don't inhale one of the tea leaves because I certainly did. <laughs> um, <laughs> Hazards. And then, yeah, it's very hazardous. Um, and then when you're done drinking it, you turn it upside down, get all the moisture out, and then you flip it back over and you read whatever's on the bottom of the cup. It didn't really resonate for me. I, I guess it's like reading clouds, <laughs> you know, yeah. same ideas. If you're a particularly visual person, that could be very beneficial for you. Yeah, I can honestly say I've never tried it. All I can think is Harry Potter. Me too. Like, <laughs> and, and like the prisoner of Azkaban were showing the dog and- Oh yeah. Like, okay, <laughs> Trelawney, you need to like chill out. That image of, what's her name? Thompson. Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson. Yeah. 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 I get that image of Emma Thompson with the big glasses, like looming on screen and going, you've got the grim. (laughs) (laughs) The next few are actually a little bit interrelated and they're quite big ones. Yeah. I would argue that they are definitely majorly interrelated. We're talking about meditation, trance work, automatic writing, astral travel, and dream work. And depending on what your level of experience is and navigating those different realms, if you can, they, I feel like they act as different layers. I don't know. What do you think? I would agree with that because I think to do any of them, you have to first get to that quiet place that comes with the meditation and then you can work up to the trance work. Sarah, you do trance work, don't you? Yeah. I've done quite a few trance sessions. I would say trance is definitely different from meditation because meditation, I'm still very conscious and like I can still sense my body. And with trance, I don't do it on a whim. So the first time I ever did it, I was at a gathering and we did something called the trance dance. And basically we stood in a circle and all held hands and breathed in a certain way. There's people singing in the middle and there were drums and you like moved one foot over and then you put them together and then you put one foot over and then you put them back together. And you do that for about, I think it was like an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. And I was completely gone for the rest of the night. Wow. I think that was one of the first times Odin came to me. I was kind of like hesitant to do it, but after that, I was like a full believer. And ever since then, I've been really into trance work. Usually when I do it, I have visions, but I always feel like when I'm in trance, like I see things, but they're not like willful things. They're like symbolic. It's like a kind of dreaming. They come Um, quicker, I think. Yeah, they're more like flashes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. And then there's other kinds of trance work where you can invite a god in to be with other people. That's kind of a possessory work, which is a level of trance. Um, There's different levels of that. (laughs) Um, Advanced. That's advanced (laughs) stuff I don't recommend. I highly don't recommend just doing it willy-nilly. I've done it couple times it's a lot 
there's parts where like you're you're conscious and like a god can come in there's parts where you're like driving the the car and they're sitting in the back seat and then sometimes they're driving the car you're sitting in the back seat and then sometimes you're in the trunk and you don't know anything <laughs> yeah oh. <laughs> i haven't had it that far yet but i've had like the first couple <laughs> that sounds really intense yeah. it's a lot it's a sounds lot. spooky i remember the first time somebody described that to me and i went i i'm gonna shut the computer now and go watch some tv because i can't deal <laughs> it is spooky but it is really cool um arguably ever since I learned about it, because I was really fascinated with it, I think kind of like the God phone and different ways of talking and hearing the gods is a kind of possession. I feel like there's different levels because I feel like their proximity, where Loki is like across the football field from me, and that's that's usually nine times out of 10. But then there's other times where he feels not necessarily like I'm him, he's me, mm-hmm. but it's like a sort of like, I think it's called aspecting. That's like the lighter version of what is essentially possessory it's not negative it's really it's really like intimate and intense and like a great experience i'm thinking we should talk about the uh, differences but relation between astral travel and dream work i think sometimes they're more or less the same thing that's my opinion yeah i agree i do a lot of astral travel so you do it from a a waking state um yeah yeah, okay i don't because i've never done it from a waking state you know i've always think i think i've experienced astral through dream work which i don't always feel like i've had control over it just happens so when somebody says i astral all the time i go how how do you do that from a waking state I usually do it right before I go to bed. So I'll be like laying in bed and it's dark in my room and it's like very quiet mm-hmm. and um, I do some deep breathing. It's actually, it's really funny because I learned how to do this in therapy, weirdly right. enough. So my therapist started getting me to a point where I would envision a safe place and I would go to that safe place and then I would talk to whoever showed up. And it took me a while to realize that that's actually like going to the astral. It's not just me making up a place because a lot of people have confirmed how things look. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I just kind of slip into it. I don't know how to really describe it. It just kind of happens. That's For the cool. people who like don't know as easily. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I would say it's a lot about cues. And I mean, as Birdie said, there's a place that she goes, but for me, like it's a lot more intentional because I have to get to a certain place and then I can, from that place, I go to another place. Mm -hmm. So like I go to like this, you know, inner made up place and at a certain point it stops being my making it up. It starts being something else. Yeah. Like like little things start happening that I don't want to happen. I mean, I do want it to happen, but I'm not intentionally making it happen. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. There's like a Mm -hmm. threshold there that you cross and eventually like things shift and then you're in like a place where like anything can happen. That's so cool. You do have a lot of control, which I had to learn the hard way. You can still go back to that safe place initially Mm -hmm. and then come out of it. A lot of people like to fear monger about the astral. And I mean, some of them, uh, I don't know. I mean, some of it's really scary. (laughs) (laughs) Most of it's not. I enjoy doing it just because honestly, I sleep better. I agree with Sarah. There's a lot of control there. You kind of control, you know, how you get there and what happens there. I hear about people going on adventures and I'm like, wow, that sounds really exciting. 
because literally all I do when I astral travel is I go to my field mm-hmm. and I talk to whoever's there. <laughs> yeah. and that's the extent of it. I don't go exploring. You know, I've heard some horror stories, so I'm kind of like, I'm good staying in my specific area. Yeah, your horror stories are from me saying that I do what I want in the astral and Loki is just like, please stop. (laughs) (laughs) Well, to be fair, like when I started astral traveling, people were like, all this weird shit happens and it's scary. And so like, I kind of didn't know what to expect. And so when I, when something that like I intended on happening and ending up in a place I intended, it felt fake. Cause like, even okay. though, like, you kind of learn, like, a weird sort of geography in your head. Like, I know where how mm-hmm. to get to Loki's cabin or, like, wherever Loki resides at that moment. He's either there or he's not. From there, I just, like, started, like, exploring because I thought that I was making shit up. So I found lost in a forest one time. And I'm not sure if it was intentional on Loki's behalf or not. But I ended up being in the astral for like three hours, completely lost, like nowhere near sleeping. And then he like ended up being with me the whole time. And it was so fucking annoying. And I was so mad at him. (laughs) (laughs) I was so pissed. And then after that, he built me a place for me to go. And he's just like, Mm -hmm. just just go here it's fine like it's secret (laughs) that's why I go to my field because my house that he he built me a house too and it's in my field and so it's like I know that that's a safe place and then I know how to get to his cabin I know how to get to Segan's place and that's like the extent of my traveling over there say I always worry I'm doing it wrong though so like it's always nice when people kind of confirm things because I'm always like wow maybe I just have a really active imagination. I mean, (laughs) that could be. (laughs) I mean, I think it's a bit of both. Like you do have an active imagination, but your imagination doesn't mean that it's not communication. Yeah. Because like the gods have to use the things that you have in your head as context for to get what they need to say across. Like you can't just like pull shit out of the air. Yeah. Like, your yeah. imagination is it's good to have an active imagination. We, you know, shove that down really far. Yeah, we do. Like because society says that that's for kids. Imagination's like a huge coping mechanism. And also it's like a very spiritual thing. Yeah, exactly. Our ancestors knew how to tap into that a lot easier than we do. Like as you said, Sarah, because modern society says that, oh no, we need to be rational. Daydreaming's for kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but it's not. So there you go. Yeah, the more imagination you have, like the easier I feel like all of this stuff is because you are building a sort of consciousness for yourself that's elaborate. And but there is also a line we also should talk about eventually, like the yes between imagination and like what you really want to happen, like because it confirms some bias that you already have, Mm -hmm. or the things that Mm -hmm. will actually change you and like help you grow. I also wanted to make a final point about astral projection versus sleep projection. I have felt that when I sleep project, I have less control, at least sometimes, of where I go or end up. And it feels very specific when it happens. I think just because you enter it from a space you might have been unawares, you could, you know, not end up in your favorite field. (laughs) So that's my experience of it so far. I do um, quite a lot of dream work at not all the time I'll go through periods weeks at a time sometimes we'll have a dream every night and it's really intense and then my brain will just shut it all off for another two months at a time so that's just how it goes 
here to assure you for navigating it. I have not the slightest clue how <laughs> to begin picking away at it. <laughs> like, there, yeah. it's just, it feels very intentional. Like it feels like something is trying to get to me. I remember the first time I properly uh, sleep projected, Loki was there and he was sort of keeping an eye on me. And at one point I got really scared and he popped up. He's like, is there a problem? <laughs> <laughs> you called the Loki helpline. Can I help you? Yeah, yeah. he's like, it's fine. <laughs> it, it was so cute. <laughs> Another time I felt like I was tethered to this chair that I woke up in, in, in the dream, woke up, quote, in the dream. And it, this chair floated next to me and followed me wherever I went in that space before I woke up. Like it was like an anchor. It was really interesting. Huh. That's really cool, though. Interesting. Yeah. Sleep projection can sometimes feel a little less grounded than astral because of the entry point for it. I Meaning, like you're you're asleep when you enter dream work, so you might not be in in control of it right away. But that's only based on my experience. Other people might feel differently. Yeah, dream work's cool. god phone let's talk about god phones guys <laughs> Yay, god phones oh where to even begin i feel like the god phone was widely <laughs> broadcasted on tumblr as this big thing that you have to have and like mm-hmm. if you don't have it then you suck it just feels like a very narrow perception of communication yes it's a cool metaphor but it's not everything it's discerning your own voice from the voice of a deity that could be quite literally vocal for you and how do we develop discernment for that? <laughs> well, you tell me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the, uh, you know, the difference between people who are adept to hearing things versus people who aren't or just experience signs and symbols through another way. How yeah. do you guys discern? I don't really experience too much of a God phone. It'll occasionally come through and that liminal state between sleep and awake. That's when it's the clearest. Um, mm-hmm. And it'll almost sound like somebody's talking through a metallic machine or megaphone. It's really hard to explain, but I've had this confirmed by a couple other people that they experience it similarly, which is really interesting. There's occasions where I've literally heard like different voices and that's usually with dead people. Mm-hmm. Like the gods seem to have like something different. Sometimes I'll hear like a difference in voice with Loki, but like that's rare <laughs> i have this uh, idea of where his voice sits in the register I, it doesn't always show up that way yeah yeah <laughs> he, he's definitely like in some interesting moments i've definitely heard him be like a tenor yeah yeah very high like definitely always higher than i imagine it being because like, i always think of him as like a man but he's so androgynous that like yeah his voice is always pretty <laughs> it, it's just it sits in the middle of like if if you know music you know the two the uh treble clef and the bass clef i just feel like he's right in the middle yeah mm-hmm. he's like not yeah. either he's between those two <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. it always shocks me it's lovely i try to listen like because i have a really clear kind of line so when i'm listening I kind of take a step back periodically and go, okay, is this how I would really word things to myself? Is this really what I would say to myself? And a lot of times when deities or like dead people come through, 
they talk differently than how I think that kind of brings to the flip side too which is like well are you sure you're not having like a psychotic break <laughs> because yeah. I do suffer from a mental disorder as well but I think the difference is that when a deity comes through they usually tell me things that I don't know mm-hmm. or it's not necessarily like what I want to hear all the time and it's not harmful I think that's a big one is that it's not harmful mm-hmm. Um, so if it kind of matches all those criteria, then I know I'm not just talking to myself. Yeah. 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 I think when the message is loving or leaning towards helpful, you can bank on the idea that it's maybe a deity. But if the yeah, message is negative and harming you, then there's a good chance that it's leaning towards uh, the realm of mental illness. And um, it's all about knowing your personal psychology you have to know yourself in order to know if a god phone is the kind of thing that is for you. If the voice is always criticizing you or calling you names or there's always something wrong or they're picking fights with you incessantly, that's a good chance that it's not a deity. Is that how you would describe the sock puppet syndrome? Because I'm still trying to get my head around that. So a sock puppet, I wouldn't say it's quite that. I feel like when something is criticizing you and it's not words that you're making up in your head, that could be a range from schizophrenia to an actual like malevolent spirit or mm-hmm. a lot of things that I am not qualified to diagnose. A sock puppet to me is more like, I mean, I guess in the same way, yes. And it's saying things that confirm what you already believe about yourself. Like if you're hypercritical of yourself, yeah. uh, you're more likely to say like, oh, I'm a piece of shit or something. Or right. like sock puppet could also be like, you're the best or, you know, things that will like boost your ego or tear it down. Yeah, like repetitive. Yeah, for me, when I experienced this, Loki had to communicate to me in a certain way in order for me to believe that it was him. Mm-hmm. And if he strayed from that, I would be like worried that it was an imposter. Like I thought he would only ever be like a trickster or I think he'd only be like joking. He couldn't be sincere or he couldn't be like, he couldn't be serious. He couldn't be angry. Like a God can only be positive mm-hmm. or, he, or just look, he's like a trickster. Like he doesn't care or like he's just hypersexual or that kind of stuff. Like he had to bash this like list of things in my head yeah. in order for me to believe it. Which um, made him sort sense. of, yeah one-dimensional almost yeah it's safer to play there because that kind of takes away agency from him yeah the moment that you take away agency from a deity is kind of when you start to have that sock puppet syndrome it's not a bad thing like everyone does it like I still do it but I'll also recognize that it's me yeah and not Loki I think then the flip side of that sock puppet thing might be imaginary friend syndrome where you take everything in your everyday life as an interaction with the deity and it turns into what I think some people refer to as maladaptive daydreaming which is when you just live in a fantasy all the time because your real life isn't great I have done that a couple of times so now I'm very hyper aware of my cues uh, when I could slip into that am I suffering in the moment from something else why do I need this right now so I think those are related definitely like mm-hmm. a way that you like dissociate in a way like for me if I can control what's being said pretty much a good cue that like that's just my 
imaginary friend yeah Um, (laughs) yeah dissociation happens when when you're trying to stop something from happening or like you're not happy in your life I don't find that spirituality at its core is dissociation yeah like when you're using it for for good and for your own well-being it won't be escapism it'll be quite the opposite it'll be very grounded very rooted in reality (laughs) yeah definitely I've struggled with that line myself it's a good work in progress. And like trusting that reality is going to be okay. For me, I didn't trust that Loki loved me. I continue to not trust that. I'm gonna be real. Like I had to like make things up in order for it to be believable for me. That was shitty. <laughs> like it sucked and it took me a long time to work through. But like in the end, it, the reality was that he did actually like me and like he actually <laughs> wants to spend time with me and I didn't have to force it. Yeah, it's a lot easier if you go in without expectations, I think. Like in my case, I kind of am like, okay, I know nothing. So I have no expectations for what any of this is going to be like. And I think that's helped me. So I guess I want to ask both of you, what is your ultimate red flag when it comes to divine communication? What is like, what tops it for you? I'm curious. If the message is harmful, if it's telling me like to hurt someone or to hurt myself, or it's like very, very negative, that's a huge red flag for me. Yeah, ditto. And also if someone's trying to impose their will on me somehow and be like, someone said, Dady X said you should do Y, then I'm just going to be like, no. (laughs) Yeah, maybe don't go up to strangers and be like, hey, I have a message for you. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah. yeah maybe um, maybe don't do that <laughs> don't do that <laughs> and there was a really good conversation a couple of other creators had recently about you know what is the legitimacy of things like god shards <laughs> <laughs> people <laughs> claiming they have taken a bit of a deity into themselves or being that deity made flesh yeah that, that's a big no that's a big no <laughs> yeah that's a no for me dog if a person says that they are a deity, like they think there's a gray area. Like I feel inherently connected to Loki. I mean, I feel like that with Odin and I feel like that with Loki. Like I feel like I see myself in them, but that doesn't mean I am them, you know? Like people get that conflated usually when their ego is huge. Yeah, Uh, unless a person is highly trained and qualified to channel spirit, which is going to be rarer. They're still human so their biases can often be a part of the message you're receiving anyway. Don't go up to some Tumblr person who's saying, I'm a God phone. Let me give you a God phone message. Like it, the odds are your, your God phone is much better than theirs. Yep. Consent. <laughs> Even if you don't think you have one. Yes. <laughs> consent is everything. To go back to the idea that mental health can sometimes be a factor to the way you, in which you receive or process a message. So using discernment when in doubt or you're feeling overwhelmed or uncomfortable trust your gut take a break it's okay to take a break from your practice i've done it myself several times in the last year and a half your practice will still be there when you get back and usually i find your communication may even be clear as a result that's just your mind's way of saying thank you for giving me a break yeah yeah like I know in the beginning it's like really exciting and like you have to have it all now but the thing is 
like you're not gonna have it all now (laughs) I wish I did and also that was like the worst part of my practice and it and I still have to pick up the pieces from what I did early on because I was very excited in the world of Loki everything's very exciting (laughs) (laughs) he doesn't help (laughs) (laughs) love me love me follow me down this road okay right (laughs) and you're like la-di-da it's fine (laughs) suddenly you're in this like hole and you're just like shit and then Loki's like all right figure your way out and you're just like ugh. I mean, I wouldn't have had it any other way. No one could have told me no. I'm going to be real. Nobody in their right mind would have told me no in the beginning. <laughs> and I would have never listened to them, even if they did. Thank you for joining us for episode three of Lightning Struck Lokians and Divine Communication. If you'd like to follow us on our social media, you can find us on Facebook at Lightning Struck Lokians or on Instagram at Lightning Struck Lokians Pod. Or you can join us on our Discord, which is linked in the descriptions and the show notes below. Um, if you want to check out all our own individual and creative projects, uh, you can also find me on YouTube under the name Nicole Eliza Joan. I speak about spiritual travel and tarot. If you want to follow me, I am on Tumblr as the Allen Fox. You can also follow my WordPress blog called Walking the Lesser Beaten Path. Uh, where I talk about spirit work and God spousery and leadership and paganism. And I also, I have an Etsy store where I make prayer beads, candles, and altar boxes called Leaves of Yggdrasil Co. And then if you want to follow me, I run two Tumblrs on Tumblr. So my first is BirdGirl90, which you'll find a lot of Marvel stuff and like quotes. My pagan one is The Raven and the Moon, uh, where I tend to post a lot of like witchy stuff, like tarot spreads. We're all super active on the Discord community. So if you ever wanted to come along and say hi, we're extremely chatty. (laughs) Yeah. We also have monthly full moon rituals and sometimes new moon rituals. Which Sarah runs. Yeah. Which I run. (laughs) And so does Birdie. Birdie runs in rituals. And that's that. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you in the next one. See you next time. (laughs) See you later. (laughs) This podcast was made possible by the collective volunteer efforts of the Lightning Struck Lokians Community Discord, a haven of online practitioners dedicated to keeping pagan discussion spaces welcoming, inclusive, and discerning. This month's episode was scripted by Riverwind, transcribed by Ira Ulfrid Loftyarsson, and edited by Nicole Eliza Joan, with podcast logo by Mars Malice. To keep up to date on all our social media, and when our next episode is about to drop, check out the links in our show notes for more info.